nuclear triad, NATO expansion, and Russian security, or lack thereof. We already discussed the nuclear triad, which is just an ominous way of saying that there are three, three flavors of nuclear warhead delivery. Big ballistic missiles, nuclear-armed submarines, and nuclear-armed bombers. All will spoil your lifetime. NATO expansion. Unless you've been lost in the mountains for the last month, you've heard this term. Either it's a horrible, evil plot by the nefarious West to reduce Russia's border security, or it's an innocuous club that just accepted a few new members. Neither is really true. At a later date, I'll talk at length about why no rational nation-state leaves its critically important issue up to a 30-year-old handshake deal and some indirect references and documents that aren't directly related or binding. For now, suffice it that this is Exhibit A for NATO expansion being a wedge issue and not a critical issue for Russia. As a corollary, same people don't watch their house catch fire and wait 20 years to call the fire department. NATO expansion has been going on since the 1990s. The point we're after now is why NATO expansion doesn't imminently threaten Russian security. And no, this isn't at all like the Cuban Missile Crisis. In the 1960s, we were busily trying to put a man on the moon. Oh, that rocket development was just a side effect, really! For the sarcasm impaired, yes, that's sarcasm. Hitting a target 8,000 miles away wasn't as sure a thing as both governments wanted everyone to believe. Oh, we'd hit something. Just not necessarily what we were aiming for. Ditto for Russia. Uh, But a target 90 miles away? Sure, no problem. This was why Russia was even more keen on buffer zones than it normally was. Buffer zones were an Ivan the Great invention. Better to let Poland get hit than Moscow. And this is why the U.S. went ballistic, pun very much intended, over the placement of missiles in Cuba. That was nearly 60 years ago. Once we could reliably hit the moon without killing anyone, we could reliably hit Moscow and kill everyone. Same was true for Russia. Washington wasn't an iffy target anymore. No further need to annoy the Americans by trying to get nukes into the Americas. Russia could hit the U.S. of A. from the comfort of home. There are ICBMs in the U.S., England, and France. That's the short list. Literally. All are capable of hitting Russia, and Russia is incapable of shooting them all down. This annoyingly works both ways, of course. In World War II, Berlin and Moscow took turns bombing each other just to prove they could, which was just barely true. There were only a handful of such missions because getting to the opposing capital was easy enough, getting home again, eh, not so much. Nowadays, Berlin to Moscow is a non-stop flight. Bombers might be the slowest leg of the triad, but they have more than enough range from the pre-1990 sites to reach Russia along with their fighter escort, fully refueled in flight along the way. Fighter jets and bombers are relative gas hogs, but they get where they're going, and they make dang sure that you regret it. 
But before the ICBMs and the bombers have their way, SLBMs will be already slamming into Moscow. Worse, it is possible. Never going to happen because it's also really, really stupid and unnecessary for an American submarine to launch an SLBM from St. Petersburg, Russia, aimed at Moscow. Militarily, beyond the pale, stupid, but we have the technology. And while the port might be idiotic, the Baltic Sea is perfectly fair game. Moscow hasn't been secure from nuclear attack in 50 years. But conventional attack, you say? Once launched, how do you tell missiles apart? And never mind the ICBMs. How do you know that bomber group that just flew over Belarus is armed conventionally? Answer is, you don't. The distance is no obstacle for the U.S. Air Force, and as the Russians are busily proving in the Ukraine, without air superiority, ground forces get hurt really, really bad. No modern military comes in with tanks first. It's always air attacks and artillery. What protects Russia is the same thing that protects the U.S. Launching any attack at a nuclear pier is suicidally stupid. NATO, because of its members, is itself effectively a nuclear power. Buffer zones are so 20th century. Oh, sure, it's nice to have only friendly neighbors, or it would be if Russia ever had any, but the nuclear fence makes for very good and very wary neighbors. There's one more elephant in the room. Estonia and Latvia are members of NATO. Neither is a nuclear power, but you may remember from high school geography that both share a border with Russia. How exactly does controlling the Ukraine protect Russia from the big bad NATO? It doesn't. Minor inconvenience to overfly if we're ever in a hot war with Russia, and frankly the likelihood of a conventional direct military conflict is minuscule, so the SLBMs will have long since hit before the bombers get off the ground good. Russia is no more secure or insecure than any other nuclear power. Its delusions are its own problem, but its lies we don't need to care about.